Hello and welcome to another episode of Novel Not New, a true end podcast. A podcast where we cover visual novels uh, and basically anything that's heavily story-based. I'm Jennifer Uncle, and joining me as always is uh, M from Abnormal Mapping. Hello. And Six from Scanline Media. Happy Halloween, it's September. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might as well be Halloween though, given the number of uh given the number of retail stores that already have their Halloween displays up. If ever the expression preaching to the choir was uh called for <laughs> for for those not aware I work in retail. <laughs> I was confused, but I'm very sleepy, so that's why. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Um, you get at least at least at the um, major retailer that I work at. As early as August, you have people not just being like uh, asking you like when is uh, Halloween stuff coming, but being like, why isn't Halloween stuff up yet? What are you guys doing? I'm going to complain. Jeez. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're here today to talk about Unavowed, which is the, uh, I think it's the latest game published by Wajidai Games. It came out in August 8th of last year, and uh, it's, uh, it was written and designed by Dave Gilbert, who has done a significant number of the Wajidai games. Like, uh, it's, it's a combination developer slash publisher these days, but uh, yeah. But he is the developer of Wajdai. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, he he's been doing this for a while. Like, um, I remember playing. I I used to frequent a uh, forums for this engine that it's using called Adventure Game Studios, and uh, like around the time of two thousand three or something like that, he put up a demo called Bestowers of Eternity, which would eventually turn into Blackwell and. Uh, yeah, uh, Watch It Eye has been making adventure games for over a decade by now, and in a few ways this feels like it's the culmination of that experience into something that's a little bit different, but also just as special. Uh, Dave Gilbert's first game, The Shiva, was the first adventure game I ever played. Hmm. Yeah, I remember you talking about that on uh, Abnormal Mapping. Way back when, like episode one or two or something, yeah, um... I was turned on to it through Idle Thumbs, which was a, used to be a video game podcast that existed in the world. Uh, I still have one episode unlistened because I want to hold on to the illusion. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> they'll, they'll come back. I swear they're going to come back someday. <laughs> <laughs> They've been kidnapped by the Bellevue Bandits. It's never happening. <laughs> so yeah, uh, the basic the basic plot of Unavowed is you play a created character of sorts. You choose your gender and you choose the job that you were working and the game uses that to give your character a backstory which boils down to you were working at a job things were getting paranormal at that job you ended up picking up a book and slaughtering all your co-workers and at, at the points that the unavowed have found you your character has killed a whole lot of people and after they banish the evil spirit from your body you don't really have anywhere else to go, so they bring you into the Unavowed, which is a paranormal team working out of New York that uh, handles various goings-on. And from there, you're more or less tracking down what this evil spirit did while it was in your body, 
and uh, more or less going back and undoing the damage they did while finding out that things are a bit more complicated than that. And you're also kind of picking up crew members because it's also kind of a Bioware-style RPG in addition to an adventure game because uh, you're choosing people to bring for these missions and uh, who you choose affects the dialogue that happens and the puzzles you solve. Mm-hmm. So, Six, I know that you haven't played a ton of adventure games. What did you think of this one? Yeah, so um, it's it's kind of weird because in in a way I have I say I have played a lot of adventure games. I haven't played a lot of point and click adventure games. I did a lot of text adventure games. Um, so I have an experience with like sort of similar, but you know, like like funhouse mirror version almost of of these kinds of ideas. Um, so for me, um, this is my first Watch It I playing a game that I played very much of. I played a little bit like 15 minutes of Gemini Rue once upon a time. Um, I, um, I kept a walkthrough open and consulted it every now and then, but for the most part, I found it pretty smooth going. I really enjoyed the, the writing and the art style. And I just, I thought the game was really slick. I had a really, really good time with it. Yeah. In, in terms of the style, in terms of this style of adventure game, uh, I'd say it's one of the easier ones. Uh, there are elements where, depending on who you're taking, the solutions might be a bit more obtuse than they normally would be. But uh, for the most part, it's it doesn't give any impression that you're choosing the wrong people to bring with you. And every scenario is solvable with whoever you have in your party. Like, it, it forces you to either have... Uh, it forces you to have one of the two people that you started out with, either Eli or Mandana, every time you go out. But... Uh, Regardless of who else you're bringing, they always seem to have a solution ready in hand. And that's that's pretty cool. Though bringing Vicky is a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> she's fine. She's just, she's completely outclassed by the rest of the cast, in my opinion. I don't, mm, I guess I'd agree. I don't know. I don't feel strongly that Vicky's the weak, weak link, but. I mean, I feel like the problem is that the like the dynamic of the crew is that you're the sort of like the normal one who's coming to ter- terms with the supernatural basically and then you know you've got your your half gin you've got a fire mage you've got a medium and then another normal person and so having the two normal people i feel like the dynamic isn't as interesting mm-hmm. is a big part of it you've only got you've got the same perspective kind of twice obviously obviously it's not that simple it's like oh you don't have magic so your perspective on the world is the same that's a dumb thing to say but in the bigger scheme of things it means that her takes i find are less there's there there are there is a smaller diversity of opinions when she's around yeah she's uh ashley from mass effect but not an enormous racist <laughs> yeah True. that's good i appreciate that side I think that her ability is more or less supposed to be, aside from the person carrying a, the, aside from the one person carrying a gun, she also uh, more or less knows all the police officers around the city, and uh, you're able to you're able to get more information out of them, or in a more conventional way when she's around, because of course everyone on the force also recognizes her and is willing to do favors for her. Okay, so I want to interrupt here to talk about the different roles you can be. Like, you can either pick a cop or a bartender or a actor, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So if you're the cop, which is what I picked, you go into Equinox, the club, 
uh, and there's like a weird disturbance. You meet a guy with the evil book, and you read the book, and you seemingly turn evil, and you shoot everyone in the club, including your partner, who's Vicky. So you show up two years later, and huh. you thought she was dead, and no, she's just here uh, doing all the stuff she's doing. Interesting. Okay, so which one did you choose, Six? I went with actor because I thought you picked bartender, right? Yeah, I picked bartender. Okay. Yeah, I picked actor. Um, the way it goes with actor is that you are um, an actor at like a small like small theater. You're like a troupe that's going around putting on shows. And um, the uh, playwright for this one, the playwright and director, has summoned a muse. Oh, like okay. three days before the show is supposed to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, has summoned a muse like three days before the show is supposed to go on air and is like, I'm so inspired. I have to do massive rewrites. And everyone's like, you're out of your mind. We're about to put the play on. Um, and you go in to try and be like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Um, you meet the muse. And then um, basically like one thing you get to another, you get handed the book, you get possessed and you kill everybody in the building. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Bartender. So for bartender, um, you're coming to work and Logan's brother, um, Logan stops you out at the front mentioning that his brother is in there and he's having a, he's basically has a gun and has locked himself in the bathroom. So you go into the bathroom to sort things out. You find out that uh, Logan's brother is a bestower. So he's a medium just like Logan. And he's talking about how the, the spirits won't leave him alone and he doesn't know what to do with them. You, you talk him down, um, then take the book. And after you take the book, you take the gun from Logan's brother, shoot him in the head and, uh, shoot the person that was more or less running the bar. So when you finally run into Logan, he, he, he talks about how he's more or less come to terms with the death of his brother. And he understands that it wasn't you who actually pulled the trigger. That's interesting. Hmm. So I guess the actor is the only one where you don't have an interaction with a main party member during that that prequel time. Yeah, from what I can recall, the only conne- the only connective tissue there is with the muse who you meet again in uh, one of the other cases, and she's like, "Oh, hey, long time no see. Thank you for releasing me." <laughs> if you if you pick those other roles, do you get like dialogue options that are like bartender or actor when you talk to some yes, people? Okay, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There are actually some really good like there. Are, um, one of my favorite ones is early on, and it doesn't matter at all. But you're talking to um, Mandana, and she's like, "Oh, you know, I can sense lies, and you know, like it, fi- like not like oh, I have a sense, like I can feel it. It hurts." Mm-hmm. And you're like, "Really?" And there's like an actor option to be like, "I'm from Mars. I love spaghetti," and you pick that, and she's like, "Weird." You're able to trick yourself into believing that. That didn't hurt. That's scary. That's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, if, if you do that in any of the other routes, she just makes a disgusted face and is like, yes. please don't do that again. Uh, yeah, But yeah, there's uh, for bartender, it's situations where you're, when you're talking to other people, you sympathize with them or they end up oversharing with you because you seem like a friendly face to listen on, in on things. And, uh, mm. yeah, and, uh, I, what does the cop one look like? The cop is a lot of, like, flashing your badge to get police officers to talk to you, or, uh, there's a couple times where you can, uh, like, when you're examining bodies, like the body down in the basement of the, uh, 
what is it like newspaper office you can do a lot of that stuff uh that i assume you have to wait until vicky's there with you to do or otherwise right yeah mm-hmm uh, but the weird part of that is once Vicky's there, she basically takes over all the cop options and they stop really mattering. And it's kind of weird. Hmm. Yeah, that is strange. Because w- definitely with, with actor, at least, I feel like you really feel fill a very distinct role. Like there's the in the same area as that newspaper place, um, there's the cop guarding like the burned down homeless shelter. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really need to go in there. And he's like, you don't need to go in there. What, what are you talking about? And I just fed this sob story about about my my brother like being at a homeless shelter near here and going missing and i broke down crying he's like okay, just stop crying go in i didn't see anything oh i like, just i a just a lot of access i just flashed my badge and was like uh business need to go in there and he's like all right there you go so i think one of my favorite flavor text options happens if you're playing the actor and you go to that uh bar in staten island and uh you can basically the person's like you're not local here are you and you can be like Oh yeah, I'm dead ass local for days. <laughs> yeah, you just do the like like even looking at it you're like this is the worst Staten Island accent. <laughs> and he's like, "Wow, yeah, okay. Clearly you are my neighbor." <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of good uh Staten slash uh, Jersey accents happening with Vicky and uh that area in particular. Uh mm-hmm. She's a Yankees fan, which is disgusting. But <laughs> Would you have preferred uh, it if she was a Mets fan? Yes. Uh, like, wh- Jen, you don't know anything about baseball. Like, you don't know anything about <laughs> baseball if you're asking that question. I-, I do know that the Yankees are pretty much hated, so I, I knew it's, something. It's like, it's like, it's like, are you a, pa- like, is it, as I'm talking about a Patriots fan, and you're like, would it be better if they were a Green Day fan? Like, or Green Bay, not Green Day. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I don't know if it would be better if they're a Green Bay Green Day fan. That'd be weird. <laughs> like, uh, I've completely lost the thread. What were you saying? <laughs> so, should we talk about our favorite characters in this, or move to our favorite cases? Uh, I think it'd be fun to go down the characters. So, I ended up mostly using Mandana and Eli, uh, very original team. Uh, I like I Vicky was weird because she basically replaces my role if you play as the cop and except she's way more brash or whatever. Logan is nice and all, but I played all the Blackwell games, which is about a like anxious journalist uh, named Rosanna Blackwell. And she gets a spirit uh, who's like a 30s gangster guy and basically does the Logan thing all on her own for five games. It's great. I love it a lot. I don't need to play like another character with that same deal going on. Mm. Um, and it was cool when it, when he shows up and I'm like, okay, I know his whole deal. Don't need to explain it. Uh, help him out. Uh, and I like Logan a lot, but Madonna and Eli were uh, such different characters. Madonna especially, I think, is just like a really well-written character as someone who kind of grows into becoming the leader of this group. Uh, and the ways in which she deals with being, uh, like, the strangest of all of them. Um, I like her a lot. I was su- I was really surprised by Eli. I think just, like, from the facial expression to the voice acting, the performance of Eli is really, really strong. Mm-hmm. And, like, stronger than I would have expected. I found him, because, you know, it's like, okay, he's the white guy fire mage. Like, okay, sure. But I liked him a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I... I did end up running Logan a lot though because I haven't played the Blackwell games. So that's fair. Uh, I mean, I like Logan. Uh, I just it was very weird to see like you know 
the insert of the other series I like that is like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, since I'd already played this once before, I was kind of um, mixing matching things. I ended up using Logan a lot just to get some of the spirits that I missed the first time I played this. Um, yeah, I ended up, uh, since I wasn't taking Logan, there's like the last couple cases, there's like ghosts around that I didn't even ever talk to. It's very weird that that can be mm-hmm. the way it goes. Because you, you would assume that talking to the ghosts is always the key. I was surprised there wasn't like a hot swap option where you could tell one of your party members to like go back and send one, someone else out. But you, you literally can't swap characters in the middle of an area. Except for the one time that you can. Yeah. Um, though I guess that might, maybe that didn't happen for you. Um, once you get, if you, I, I assume if you're not the cop, because if you're the cop, this probably wouldn't need to happen. But if you aren't the cop, once you get both Logan and Vicky and go to see the, like, the ghost and body in the basement, you have this really, like, I, I get why it ended up this way, but you have this really weird interaction where Lo- you bring Logan and Logan's, like, tries to talk to the ghost and he's like, I can't get anything out of him. Uh, I'm going to go do you want me to call Vicky? And you're like, yeah. And Vicky walks in and she's like, okay, here's the deal with the body. I got to go. Do you want me to call Logan? And you're like, so, sure. so this, Logan this happened to me, but specifically <laughs> because I could do a lot of the cop stuff. The only thing I needed Vicky for was to like run the prints on the body. So it was very weird that she came in made a phone call and then left again. <laughs> it's basically she did the exact same thing for me. That's the exact same thing she did for us. <laughs> So for me, I had uh, I had come to the body already with Vicky, so it was just mm. only one character swapping. Like, okay, you want me to get Logan over here so he can talk to the spirit, and it flowed a little bit more naturally. But yeah, um, out of curiosity, can you do Chinatown without Logan? Um, I, I did. Did I have Logan for that? I had Logan for that. I'm pretty pretty sure yes i feel like i i you hmm, they're because i yeah so i had i had shit. i had mandana and eli or mandana and logan i was really concerned when i got locked into the storage area that i was like oh this would have been really easy if i had a fire guy to trigger the uh sprinkler system in here hmm. yeah there's that whole bit in chinatown where you uh Oh, wait, that's not have... Chinatown, right? Right. No, that that yeah, that was Staten. That's Staten. Uh, what... Yeah, Chinatown. Chinatown is where you spend a bunch of time in the realm of the dead. Oh, I uh, I think I had uh, Mandana and Vicky for that. Maybe. How the fuck? How did you do anything? <laughs> what was the thing that you can't that you seemingly need Logan for? Oh, you spend a bunch of time in the ghost realm. Oh, and in the you ghost realm. Um, when you when you take the like drug, it automatically swaps characters for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because the uh, the implication being that time has passed and like everyone came eventually, right? I see. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, like I was like, okay, how do you do that sequence? No, without no, no. KK? Yeah, you need KK <laughs> to push you through doors. <laughs> <laughs> just like there's just another random ghost who's like, hey, my name's Steve. That would be amazing. Door. <laughs> yeah, there's a. Uh... There's two things I really like about Montana. Uh, one, there's that moment if you bring her to the the artist gallery where the muse went to that uh, older person and uh, he locks you and your teammates in this, uh, this mind expanding sort of uh, this mind expanding. Yeah. This art hell. And uh, if you, if you brought Mondana with you for that, uh, she's more or less torn between her uh, human mother and her Shin father. Yeah, and, you, get to, uh, you get to talk to them, and it's great. Her mom is so cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and her mom has this amazing uh, 
this amazing accent to her. And um, when you eventually, if you bring Mondana after that uh, up to the Wall Street area, the way for solving that puzzle is uh, stuffing her into a uh, bottle of liquor and mm-hmm. uh, more or less tossing it over near the ice. And, is, there a, uh, is there other ways to solve that puzzle? Because that's what I did also. Oh, yeah. Um, if you bring Logan with you, you can distract the ice. Uh, you can distract the ice golem by being like, okay, here's this ghost girl I have with me. She needs a story time. And the golem's like, oh, okay, I'll happily read a story to this ghost. And uh, use that opportunity to sneak up and smack her. Okay. I'm not sure if yeah, anyone I, else solved I, it differently. I'm going to guess that Vicky just like, I got a gun. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stab you now with bullets. Um, Yeah. I I think every combination can work in those situations, basically, that they allow you to, because you always need to have Eli and Mundana. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or Mundana, excuse me. Uh, One of the things that was interesting, I don't think I've had this happen to me in a game that I can think of before. Um which is that I didn't ask as many questions because they did such a good job of making me buy into the characters that I didn't want to be rude. Um, there are definitely some questions I didn't ask of people. <laughs> especially Mondana. There's a lot of like very ignorant questions about her being half Jin that you can ask, especially early on. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, you can ask like you can ask Logan like, how did KK die? I'm like, I'm not fucking asking that. Are you kidding? What a rude thing to say. Yeah, and if you do ask him, he's like, you may not know this being a living person, but you don't ask dead people that question. It's considered gauche. And uh, yeah, there's this other thing that's really silly where one time you're going downstairs and you see uh, Mandana leaving Eli's room and you can be like, hey, so you and Eli are, uh, uh, and it's like, You've been down that room yourself several times. You just saw them leaving. There's nothing really implied by that. But uh, if you press them about that, you find out that they are in a small romantic relationship going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also, I never asked Eli about the... I had the option... To, I opened up the dialogue tree to ask Eli about the photos. And then I saw all the options. I was like, oh, nope, not asking these. He oh, doesn't want to talk about I it. Actually, it's really interesting because he does eventually give you his whole story. And uh, I like that because it feeds into the Wall Street one so well. Mm. Yeah, that, that, real, that realization when you know a bit about his family and you... You're, you're asking that uh, mother about her missing child, and you pick up little clues here and there from the wanted poster and uh, the computer profile, and it's like, oh, okay. They're not supposed to be here. They're supposed to be in Florida, but they're here now, and that could be a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I, like it was a more slow realization because I didn't do those questions. But like when I was first going through his dialogue tree, I had the option to ask about the photos. And I was like, actually, there's another question I wanted to ask first. So I, I like, hit the back out of it. And he was like, right, rather not talk about it anyway. I'm like, oh, okay. And I just never opened it up again. Because mm-hmm. it was like, oh, okay, if you don't want to talk about it, man. Like, listen, we all it's, got shit. That tree is definitely like the CRPG one where you get a little information, then he'll stop. He won't answer questions until next mission, where he'll answer like one or two more until you mm. exhaust the whole tree. Hmm. Mm-hmm. If you talk with him enough, he's actually pretty excited to talk about his kids. He even says multiple times, "I did tell you what happens if you ask a father about his kids, huh?" And it's it's really it's really wholesome and adorable. 
Yeah, I, I'm curious. So, actually, you mentioned the um, the Brooklyn, like the art um, segment, like everybody getting caught in the creative space. Mm-hmm. Um, I brought uh, Mondana, who we've talked about, and Logan, and I'm curious because I I feel like those were interesting moments. Uh, Logan's was a little bit obvious, but the execution was good. I'm curious what like what those moments were for different characters, uh, so, like. Uh- I had Eli and it's about him like worried that he's forgetting his wife. And so she's in his head and you have to like convince him that even if he like forgets what she looks like, that's not going to erase the memories that he has of her, Um, Mm -hmm. which is uh, like obvious, but uh, you know, it was fine. I don't think it was as good as the Mondana one, but the, the, the nice thing about the, um, I mean, the Logan one is exactly what you think, but also the way they do it is really good. Like, you get in, and it's just like he's on a pedestal, and he's just running. And, like, one of the first dialogue options is, like, so this is about drinking, right? And he's like, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, this time around, I took Vicky with me in that situation, and hers... Her initial drawing is just a lone stick figure, and her problem is that she doesn't really get any acknowledgement for the many years that she spent on the Force helping people. And um, you more or less come, help her comes to terms with the fact that, hey, you're, you're fighting supernatural things, and you've done this for this long, and the drawing turns into a, gets a little cape, and she's like, I'm a freaking superhero, when you uh, end up pulling her out. Hmm. Yeah, when you pull um Logan out, his like his he's he's still in a trance and he's drawn like a really like black and white like grim drawing of himself and he says like you got to be careful about this guy. And it's like this the delivery is really like wow, damn. Um I do really like that <laughs> as as the protagonist, you just like write your own name in multicolor paint <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> and it's like wow, you suck. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of those moments that's both very funny, but also kind of speaks into who your character actually is, because mm-hmm. your whole thing, you kind of find out over time that the you're the you're actually the spirit that possessed that character at the beginning, and the evil spirit that got pulled out of you is the person you spent so much time naming and creating a backstory for, and... Mm-hmm. uh who you actually are is Melcarissa, a spirit of knowledge. And the thing about you that gets stressed a few times is you're not exactly you're not exactly a typically sentient being. You're more of a textbook that can be read upon, but you can't even read your mind more or less without having like even when you're taking on this body, you can't access all the store of knowledge that you have inside of you. Mm-hmm. Did that uh, twist get any of you? Because I remember the first time I played it, and uh, the first time I got repossessed, it was like a oh shit moment. I kind of expected that was what was going to happen. Um, It is not dissimilar to a twist in another famous narrative game that I will not spoil. Um, Final Fantasy VII. That's not it. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Um, but, uh, it would, the, the execution I think is really good. Um, uh, I don't know if you picked male or female main character, but I feel like the voice acting of the female main character is really good and sinister. She just seems mm-hmm. like the worst person in the world. <laughs> yeah. But it's also really good. Cause like, I mean, I, 
I only started to figure things out. Like I was a little slow on that part. I only started to figure things out when she repossesses you. And I was like, this seems weird. But also part of what was helping me figure it out at the time was the voice acting doesn't like, she's not doing demon voice acting. She's just like, oh, you're just a, an ultra shitty person voice yes. acting. <laughs> Uh, which I thought was really was really strong, and also I mean, just the moment of you suddenly having voice acting was just like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> uh, the way the thing I like about that execution is the scenes where like the character is moving around, and interacting with people without you doing anything. Um, mm-hmm. That stuff is very good. Uh, it reminds me of there's a like a trick in Near Automata when you start Route B, it recorded like the early bits of Route A and plays back what you were doing at that time, and it reminds me of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it does have like you do pick the same dialogue options automatically and mm-hmm. stuff when you're remembering the the prologue. Yes. Yeah, and, and there's this nice element of before you're remembering all this and you're more or less along for the ride as you're slowly realizing you have no you don't have control over the body anymore. You're you're more or less sounding thoughts out and trying to yell like, oh, I'm possessed again. Hey, someone listen. And the person the uh, the person you named who is back in control of their body is getting really angry with you over it. Like, hey, can you pipe down for a minute? I'm trying to talk to someone here. <laughs> uh, the really weird part about that is once you're found out, you get you have to rename your character. Um or I guess you you have you have the option to I guess right you don't have to or do you have yeah to? I just I just I just uh, I the, I was like Mel Chris is a Mel folder just call me Mel so, so I I named the character for myself and I was like oh being asked to like rename like the self insert character is very weird in a game like this <laughs> um, I was not afraid I'm like I don't I don't have an I don't like asking me for another name is kind of a, a loaded question when you do that accidentally. Um, but uh, yeah, I also ended up going with Mel, which is weird, just because it's not that far from my name. <laughs> yeah, I, if they, if if she hadn't expressed like a like if there hadn't been like a a negative tone around it, I think Mel Carissa sounds cool. I would have happily stuck with that. But um, I don't know. Maybe I should have just renamed myself Seven. But <laughs> just, yeah, uh, it, the it, sequel. It was kind of fun to. Um... Once you rename yourself, everyone's being like, if you were like Evan and I and named the character after ourselves, they're like, oh yeah, fuck Jennifer. All the characters being like that. It's like, oh, this this does feel weird. Yeah, it's a, it's a little strange. Um, one of the things I thought was really interesting is like so many of every mission ends with the like a, the Bioware left trigger, right trigger option of do you spare the person who's done the wrong thing or do you just murder them? Um, mm-hmm. I was curious how everyone broke on those things uh, because I ended up sparing everyone except the Wall Street one who that yeah. guy fucking sucked and deserved <laughs> what he got. That's I think that's pretty much how I fell on it, too. I pretty much spared everyone except for. Stan Bates, just because I was curious about what would happen if I decided to be like, hey, I kind of like this Muse character, but I also hate this old guy, so bye-bye old guy. Okay, uh, because I was curious how the final area would play out if you, like, killed everyone, but I guess obviously none of us did that. I mean, I think the way it would work is just that by the time you got to the tower, you'd be by yourself. Yeah, but you'd run out of people way before you got to the tower. Well, n- no, actually. Oh, really? Because, like, um, so, an- actually, another one that happened was I did, um, 
with Jordan, the guy who became a fire elemental, uh-huh. I let him pass on. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't make him a, a fire... I didn't make him go to the fire realm, because it sounded like he really didn't want that to happen. So I was like, it sounds like sparing you in this situation is shitty. Um, and you you get to use Eli twice before he's tapped out. Oh, okay, because, yeah, the only thing I had was I Eli making the lava bridge, which just removes him from the party. So I guess that would happen with everyone, right, where you get to use them twice. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, if you'd use Eli on the, the ice door... Um, He's just like, whew, he, I'll be okay. Let's keep going. And then you do the lava bridge. He's like, no, I'm really done this time. <laughs> like, okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, one interesting thing is, uh, we'll, ne- we'll need to get into Galen briefly. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, like around a quarter of the way through, maybe halfway through, you, after investigating the body in the cellar, you find a wood spirit named Galen who's been trapped within Central Park and uh, through the battle there it, at, at this point there's already a leader of the Unavad of sorts a Jin named Kalash who was the father of uh, Mandana and there's no other way to do this battle other than essentially killing Kalash with your own hands in order to beat the rules of the the rules of combat in their world and um mm-hmm. You can totally spare Galen and use her for a puzzle later at the end of the game, and Madonna gets pissed. <laughs> like, uh, she's like, okay, you just used my father's killer. You, you summoned him, you summoned her, and you asked her for a favor. I'm That's not weird, okay. Madonna didn't get mad at me when I did that. Me either. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Maybe it's because I talked it out with her beforehand. Yeah. I don't like, know if we but, chose but after, different after, things in the way. After the Gal- yeah, after the after the Galena stuff, I mean, like, I didn't straight up spare her. I was like, I'm going to use my wish to make it so you can't hurt anyone ever again. Yes, that's um, what I did, too. Mm-hmm. And so then, like, afterwards, uh, had a talk, and Madonna was pissed at me, but we kind of worked it out. Uh, I remember the talk with Madonna being mostly like, hey, I like, I know this sucks, and you're not okay. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm not okay, but it's fine. I There was no other option, so I guess we'll move on and work through this and hmm. uh seemed like she did the I, tone of mine was a little different but i think the end result was basically the same yeah so. but yeah when i when i summoned glenn uh Mandana didn't really ever even say anything that i remember yeah huh weird like uh it wasn't part of a pop-up dialogue option it was just going to the next screen and i lingered there for a second and then she kind of eli kind of checked up on her being like hey are you all right and she was like no no not really that was bad. Hmm. But, yeah. I uh, admittedly might not have just seen the pop-up thing because uh walked through a lot of those. <laughs> yeah, kept kept moving. I I would listen to them, but then it would go on just like six lines too long. I'm like, look, I need I need to move. I need to keep going. <laughs> yeah, I usually is usually I ended up listening to the Logan ones more often than not because they're listen, they're kind of like cliche and formulaic, but it was usually most of the Logan ones start with him being like KK, I can't ask that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was always a great question. <laughs> yeah, or a situation being like, uh, if you take Logan and Mondana to Chinatown, um, Lo- um, Mondana mentions that she likes the smells around here, and uh, Logan's like, KK wants to remind everyone that she cannot smell, and Mondana apologizes before Logan goes, oh, she's just kidding with you. She's making a face behind your back. 
there's some great stuff with Eli, just like we, just random flavor stuff that gets thrown in. Like when you when you enter Chinatown, and he's and you're like, ooh, something smells good, and he's like, it's chicken, it's being roasted at exactly 375 degrees, and you're like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. And whenever you bring Montana around places, she's usually telling you where that what that place was like 300 years ago, and uh, that's usually pretty fascinating. Like. Uh, Especially when you mix her with uh, Logan, because KK will be like, oh, hey, are, are trolls in Trollgate real? And she's like, well, there's not any in New York, but uh, if we go to Europe, that's a different story. And mm-hmm. another point she asked about, uh, I mean, KK asked about unicorns, and Madonna doesn't hold back being like, oh, yeah, be glad they're all dead. They were all fuckers. <laughs> They were carnivorous animals that fed on humans, and it's good that they're gone. <laughs> and Kika's just like, aww. <laughs> yeah, I, I I, kind of wish that after your experience with KK, you could just talk to KK. Um, I get why you can't, but it is, it's like, aww. I like I liked having this, I don't like having to go back through to talking through a medium. It was fun. Yeah. The other good thing about when you're with KK during that sequence, uh, you can only move through doors if you click on KK and click on the door. If you try and click the door, you get a little thunk bouncing sound. And uh, KK's like, oh yeah, you need to use me. But if you keep doing that within various points throughout your playthrough, she's initially like, oh, you forgot, didn't you? And then she gets increasingly annoyed, like, come on, you have to use me to get through these doors. <laughs> you keep forgetting. She's like, seriously? Again? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Or also, if you get stumped on a puzzle and keep switching realms, you'll keep, like, coming back and KK is making a face. And she's like, oh, you're here. And it's like, okay, no, I'm fine. Nothing was happening. Um, uh, yeah. And the first time you switch realms between your other human characters, they flip out, which is amazing. <laughs> just go, ah! It is also kind of fun just when you're in, you know, a lot of the, you can't understand the ghosts. They're just sort of, like, indistinct screaming. Um, and it is kind of fun when you switch to the spirit realm that time, and then you try, you know, you try and hear normal people, and they sound like ghosts. So you're like, that's not what, Logan doesn't sound like a guy just, like, screaming with tons of reverb. What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what did y'all think of the voice acting so far? Like, uh, I I feel like there's, there's a few returning voices for characters from other Blackwell games, like, uh, the uh, fairy leader, um, Robin Goodfellow, is played by Abe Goldfarb, who plays the ghost character in Blackwell and plays a lot of villains in other Blackwell games that aren't necessarily made by Dave Gilbert. But, yeah, yeah, there's a there's a lot of like returning cast of characters, and everyone plays like three different characters because it's one of those games. Um, I I liked it. The, there's a charming thing to the Wajidai games where like the mic quality between characters can vary a lot. That variance has gone down over time because like early games, like there are people who are clearly just talking to webcam mics alongside people with professional setups and it's nice. I like it a lot. Um, but uh, I mostly thought it was really good. I am uh, a classic button through the dialogue when the I read faster than they talk person. So I heard the first half of almost everything. <laughs> Mm. Um, but I did like it. 
Yeah, I tend to button through, except for, like, I mean, I, I also read like that, but, like, when it's when I read something, I'm like, that's gonna be fun to hear someone say. I let it, I let it play out, so. It's about, like, 50-50, some stuff I button through, some stuff I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought the voice acting was really charming, I guess, is, is what I would say. I felt like there's, like, mentioning the, the sound quality, I felt like the sound quality was... I, I maybe I want to say it was intentional that it's like it's lower res, but in a way that like jived with the like the visual style that just I felt like it it seemed of a package that there was this like slightly lowered fidelity in a way that started to feel stylistic to me. And I thought it was really good. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the game looks it, it, it does look a lot better than the games you would have seen. 10 or I mean, 20 years ago within this genre, even though it's trying to emulate that style. Like, uh, mm-hmm. there's a lot of detail with all the rainy outdoor environments look fantastic, and there's some great character portraits. Um, yeah, it's it's close to like it's like, um, the first Gabriel Knight, but no verbs is like the general tone of most of these games. Mm. Yeah, I'd say that's a good that's a good comparison for sure. Because that's a game with a lot of really good animated portraits talking all the time. Uh, and also some very varied uh, voice work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you when you splurge on Tim Curry and Mark Hamill and have to look around for everyone else. Yep. Uh, also, half half the half the cast are like a voodoo mystic, so it, it's uh, Miss Cleo hours throughout half of that game. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Boy. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. One thing with the voice work uh, that did sort of surprise me, I didn't really pay attention to the credits the first time around. The second time, I noticed that there were some, there was at least one kind of big YouTube celebrity, uh, Song Mon Chan, who plays, uh, I, oh. He plays Kalash. Yeah, he plays Kalash. Kalash uh, is just his old man voice. It's very funny. (laughs) Yeah, and I didn't even think about that until I saw the name, and it was like, Oh yeah, that totally is that guy. <laughs> yes. Huh, that's that's the that's the guy who does like I'm doing a one person act of like yes. a JRPG cutscene. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the one who's constantly talks about Lysander and things like that. Yes. Uh which is great fun. Uh yeah, no, I like that a lot. Uh, I think the voice acting has just generally gotten really good in the watch. Like, I mean, it's always been strong. Like the Blackwell games are like this too. Um the puzzles have gotten much better. I feel like this is a game with very logical puzzles. I very rarely had to ask for help, and when I did, the help was always very clear and I knew exactly where I was headed and what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it wouldn't be a Dave Gilbert game if you didn't have to find someone's password to log into their computer. Every single one of them has that. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to, I do want to shout out specifically since it's, it's, you know, just naturally through the flow of conversation passed us by, but this has such a, like, I, I played Gemini Rue and I was like, the start of this game's kind of slow. Like, it seems kind of cool, but like, eh, there's not a lot of momentum here. This game opens with like a crash of lightning and you're being held at sword point on top of a roof as a man hits you with a lightning bolt and tells you, be gone, foul spirit. And you're like, wow, all right, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I, I like Gemini Rue, but it's definitely more of like a, a traditional style one of these. Um, mm-hmm. Unavowed goes so far out of its way to like embrace the kind of like context sensitive, like puzzle solving that like 
Telltale eventually started doing with like Walking Dead mm. and stuff. Where it's like, this is a puzzle, but it's a puzzle that as long as you're paying attention to what's going on around you, the solution is very clear. Uh, there's no like adventure gamey cat mustache stuff going on. Yeah, and like also if you talk to your party members, you're like you're like, what should we do next? And like Eli will be like, Well, we should probably go to the apartment of the kidnapped boy. Yes. Like, okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It it's it has a lot of the cruft removed from this uh genre, and that's that's great for beginners and uh people who may not necessarily play a ton of these games. And it's also I great appreciated for, it. Yeah. And it's also great for people who play these sorts of games all the time because I have a confession to make. Even though I'm a huge adventure game fan, nine times out of ten, I will have to turn to walkthrough at some point because there's always at least one puzzle or two puzzles that uh, that end up eluding me because the designer was working... The, the designer underestimated how easily we would be confused over something. Uh, I, I try really hard not to be the person who looks at the walkthroughs for these, Um for a certain type of game, when I played, uh, what's it called? Uh, Grim Fandango. That game needs a walkthrough. That game is so obtuse and so frustrating sometimes. And it's a great game. Uh, this one didn't need one. Most of the Logic Eye games like Dave Gilbert made, I did not need one. Um, Gemini Rue, I think I looked at one a couple times. And then I tried to play Primordia. That game is very hard to do without a walkthrough because that game is very complicated. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, let me think. Oh, yeah. I feel like I had to turn to a walkthrough once or twice during the residence as well. Like, uh, that one has a very complicated end game because you're controlling at, at one point four or five characters at once. Okay, yeah, I haven't played that one yet. I mostly just stick to the Dave Gilbert ones, but um, I would like to go back. This reminded me how much I just like adventure games. Six, we totally steamrolled you admitting that you looked at a walkthrough for all of this, right? <laughs> I mean, I did a lot without a, I had a walkthrough open all the time, but this game runs full screen. And so yeah. I did I did a lot of stuff. Like, there were cases where I never checked it, but I checked it pretty, I checked it fairly frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and now the other thing is, like, I just don't find, like, if I if I figured out the puzzle solution, or if it's like I have a couple of things I want to try, it's like, okay, sure. I just don't find anything rewarding or interesting about being like, well, I guess I'll take this pole and use it on Calliope, and she's like, that I don't like that. And you're like, okay, I guess I'll use it on the statue. I'll use it on, it's just like, I don't. I don't get anything out of that. See, the thing that I found, and that this is not true necessarily for everyone, but it is a thing that I think is generally true, is the more of these you play, the less of that there is. Where your mm. brain just starts to lock into adventure game logic. And it depends on the game. Some games are still just obtuse, um, and some games are fairly logical. You're like, I think the solution's probably going to be this. This is what makes sense. And you're like, oh, right. I got it right. Um, which is not to say that using a walkthrough is bad. I think if, if, if you use, just use a walkthrough and play through this as a story game, I think a good one, a good adventure game is still super rewarding that way. Um, mm-hmm. and I think this one like would probably still shine cause like the puzzles aren't like, I never felt, Oh, I'm super clever to know exactly what I was supposed to do here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean like there were certain circumstances where I felt like it got really like there's, uh, I mean, it's, it's not the same cause it's this, I know this from text adventures and text adventures. They talk, call it guess the verb, yeah. right? Uh, this um, is why I have a very hard time with text adventure games. I, I... Yeah. Text adventures require a walkthrough more than others because it's like, Oh, you want like, I remember of, of like one I had like famously as I was playing. This is not a text adventure, but it basically was. I was playing Lifeline on PS2. Anybody remember Lifeline? Oh dear. Uh, I do remember. I know it by reputation. I've never played it. 
Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Lifeline is the game where there's like a lady on a space station and she's trying to escape and you are just a voice over the microphone trying to help her. Um, and there's a point where you have to get a key out of a vending machine and trying to figure out what noun they wanted you to use for vending machine was a journey. Um, it was like vending machine, candy machine, like snack dispenser. Like, what do you want me to say? <laughs> um, and like, it's not the same, but I feel like I get that. I got that like in Wall Street, for instance, this is not the same, but it had the same kind of vibe to it where it was like, I brought Logan and I talked to the ghost and the ghost doesn't want to say anything. So I talked to the, uh, the guard and the guard gives me a detail. So I go back to the ghost and the ghost doesn't want to talk. So I go back to the guard and the guard sends me to the, the protester and the protester sends me the ghost. And the ghost sends me the protester and the protester sends it's like, ah, this is who's, who's the ghost of? Cause I didn't take Logan for that. Uh, the dude who founded the bank, Jason. Brown. Oh, okay. He basically yeah, the, doesn't matter at all to the way I played that. <laughs> okay. He's he's very helpful, but you just have to, like, he will not volunteer any information. You need sort of a clue to prod him. And so you're just, like, taking, he'll give you, like, one word, and then you go, like, offer it to, like, five other people, and you get something to bring back to him, and you just do that over and over. I'm hmm. exaggerating a bit, but it's kind of tedious and annoying. Okay. Yeah. I, having played that section with Logan, too, that's definitely how it ends up going. Uh, for me, because you have to have Eli for that, right? Or is this before uh, Eli is necessary? It's before. I uh, yeah, I brought Eli anyway, but... Okay, because mine was Mandana and Eli, and Mandana basically, like, recognizes that the protester is, like, not lying, but talking around truths, and ends up, like, shortcutting, pushing him to pass out really quickly. Yeah, that took, like, 20 minutes on my end, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Mandana MVP of this game to me. She's pretty good. Yeah. The one thing I wanted to mention about that bottle solution from earlier, when she gets out of the bottle and starts cradling the baby, she switches over to her mother's accent, and it's adorable. And acting extremely drunk, even though there was no booze in the bottle. <laughs> no, there was. Oh, there was? I thought yeah. the thing was no, that no. there wasn't. No, so she got it out of the cupboard. It was a sealed bottle of wine, and... uh. So she comes out and she, and she and she's like, you know, she's talking very differently. And 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 you're like, "Are you, and Eli says, "Are you drunk?" And she says, "I like in her accent. I can't do her accent, but she's like, "I might be. How much liquid is left in that bottle?" And Eli's like, "None." And she's like, "Ah, Okay. Maybe someone else should pick up the baby. <laughs> my my the implication I had of that was that she was uh just like psychosomatically acting drunk i'd miss the part where it was sealed full of wine to begin with oh yeah oh yeah no she accidentally drank an entire bottle of wine in about 10 seconds yeah fair <laughs> enough she's done i also would be done <laughs> that's what i did uh, uh trying to think if there are any like the the like the individual cases um and i really love i mean like one of my favorite moments in the game the moment where i was like no i like i was enjoying the game but the moment i was like i just really like this game is the first time you encounter kk before you know what the deal is and you're just like there's this is like super friendly playful ghost writing on all the windows mm -hmm. um like <laughs> it's like writing on the windows like hey we need your help get in here help 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 
break the window, just smash it, and you throw a brick, and it doesn't go high enough, and she goes, oh my god, and you're like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was I was worried it was going to be much more menacing, but the minute that you meet Logan, I'm like, oh, I know what this is, right, okay, uh, which was very fun uh, to go and help them. Uh, I feel like it's maybe the, like, hokiest of the plots uh, that your character creates. Um, yeah. The murder love triangle thing is, like, really ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's pretty absurd. I don't, like... I understand kind of them explaining like it, I halfway through the game I thought I understood the the big bad's plan better than I did at the end. Mm-hmm. You know? At the end I was like, "Wait, how did all of this get you power?" What? I don't understand that part. So, I don't know. I felt like at first it was like, "Okay, no, there's this there's this demon and she's got got plans and you don't understand um and then by then it was like oh no you're just a dickhead how did hmm i don't know yeah yeah it's it it was a situation where she was like she did it appeared like she didn't know exactly what her plans were like either other than that she wanted to create things and without having um trapped in her body as well she wasn't able to exactly formulate the plan that she wanted so yeah she was she got like eight steps into a 10-step plan and then her like just directions got exercised out of her so (laughs) yeah totally Uh, this is why you read the entire directions before you begin classic (laughs) cooking mistake classic (laughs) in in terms of my favorite case i definitely had the most fun with the art case slash uh stanley bates just because um it, it was fun to go around to various people and watching them watch how they're unable to stop making things. Like, uh, there's this don't there's this uh, bagel shop where he's making a bunch of bagels that have that are really gaudy and colorful. And you kind of you're kind of like, do you have a normal bagel? And he's like, you don't understand. They have to be this way. They have to. And when you eventually run into Calliope, the abuse uh, in a club. Now that she finally has the burden of influencing off her, she's free to more or less create whatever she wants. So she's reading bad poetry at this bar and talking about, oh, yeah, I'm eating a lot of stuff and drinking a lot of stuff. And it's so much fun. Yeah, when you she offers to like read the meat, like the meaning and intention behind any work of art. And if you give her one of the bagels, she's just like, oh, this is so good. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Clive. <laughs> <laughs> uh prospect park was probably my favorite one i also really liked the chinatown one just because it was so involved um mm-hmm. and uh like i like the the thing with both of those they they reveal like a mundane state of magic before your character showed up and ruined everything like everything else is like life was just normal and then you came and brought the magic but those are like magic was happening and everyone was fine until you meddled with a already pre-existing thing um, which mm-hmm. I think is uh, just more interesting to the world as like, you know, this kind of like magic and real world intermingle the entire time kind of thing. It's also interesting because you're getting like you're getting psychic flashbacks mm-hmm. that you sort of project into the world whenever you go places that your demon's been up to some shit. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's always like, oh, you're like talking to some figure and being like, but what if you killed them? And it's like, <laughs> yes. okay, got it. Um, but the one in Chinatown is just like, you walk out of the building and you're like, huh, and just throw a ticket in the air. And it's like, yeah. okay, <laughs> that didn't seem that bad. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
I, I really like the way that the Chinatown one wrapped up as well, because you're you're springing this person after you framed him for killing his parents, and when you're finally bringing him up to the dragon to release the dragon, he's like, no, I, I think I want more money, because he does have a point that $50,000 on its own when you're a fugitive isn't going to last you for super long these days. And, uh... But also, shut up, kid. <laughs> well, so so one, shut up, kid, and also two, he's only sort of a fugitive. He's going to get glamoured to look yes. like someone else and will never be bothered about it. Yep. Well, they say that it'll only last for like a decade, so... Right, but that's the, that's the statute of limitations. He'll be fine. Oh, yeah, that that is true. That's the point, is it's like, no, and then this will wear off and they will no longer... The case will be closed and you'll be fine. Um... Yeah, no, like, <laughs> I was just like, listen, I get it, kid, but also, shut up, <laughs> the dragon go. Yeah, this dragon has already been terrorizing you for three months in your nightmares, in your dreams, so pissing it off further, especially when it seems hungry, doesn't seem like the smartest thing to do. Yeah. And, oh, I mean, forget smart, it's just a shitty thing to do. Listen, like, the, I've, like, dragon tried to eat me, and, like, honestly, fair enough, I, I just came in and was like, hey, dude's not coming to help you. Also, I set him up for murder so that he couldn't. And she's like, fuck you. And I'm like, okay, that's <laughs> fair. Honestly, that's fair. Yeah. Um, how did you handle the one where... Um, uh, there's the one in Staten Island where the, the police chief has been more or less brainwashing people to join this uh, sea creature's army. And... Uh, you have the option at the end to either kill the creature, kill the woman, or be like, oh, hey, why don't you just go join his army? Actually, you have a fourth option. The fourth option is the one I took as well. Uh, the fourth option is like, listen, general, go home. Lady, go back to your job. If we hear about weird shit, we're going to come shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I chose and, the one to try. Uh, um, oh, go ahead. Uh, and in the ending, at least the ending I got, um, Vicky is narrating the ending and is like, hey, so funny thing, uh, they still had that spirit link and the general took a mortal wound in battle and it went real bad for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I got also. Yeah. I told her to go with the general, so she shot herself in the head on the boat. Oh, goodness. Yeah. She... She more or less tethered. She ended that um, so that mental tether herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that Vicky actually has a really grim line in that ending where, uh, like, so is her name is Hamilton, and she's like Hamilton calls her and is like she's like I'm in so much pain, basically like come put me out of my misery, and you know it's like oh apparently the general took a mortal wound and like the pain is just unbearable, and 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 Vicky was like I hung up. She can do her own dirty work this time. It's like, yikes! Yeah. <laughs> so. Did we all end up getting the same ending? I would assume that's probably the case, but... Yeah. Prob probably? Probably the, 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 you know, threaten to jump ending? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what I got. Yeah, back when I played it the first time, I did do both threaten to jump and just, uh make her send me home or threaten to jump and actually do it. Hmm. I, I assume that wouldn't be that different than the threaten to jump and then not do it ending. 
Yeah, it, it's only different in that uh, the your character doesn't really face any sort of justice, and also um, I, I feel like the event is a bit more traumatic for your um, party. But other than that, it's more or less the same. I'm kind of offended that they didn't figure out another way to whistle me up afterwards. Like, they're like, uh, oh, no, it would require blood. It's like, listen, you're a talented bunch. You can figure out another way. I, I mean, pals. Uh, at least in mind, Mandana also says, uh, you know, Melkarasa wanted to be free. It would be rude, even if we found a way to do it, to, to, to just do it. That's an excuse. I want to solve more crimes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree. I also would like to solve more crimes. Uh, it'd be just like the time we fed uh, that ligament uh, some of the corpses, so he could. Yeah. <laughs> listen, they're they're dead anyway. Like, listen, I, I, I sort of understand Eli's complaint, but also like a corpse is a corpse. Fucking get over yourself. Eli's been doing this for decades. He should know better, right? <laughs> yeah, and it's a bunch of dead people versus one alive creature. That seems like an easy call to make. Also, let's think of it this way. We're cleaning up the scene of the crime. Yep. <laughs> Didn't even cost us one of those John Wick coins. <laughs> oh, dear. <sighs> trying to think if there's uh, anything else we want to touch on. I feel like that's most of the, I don't know, the, the one thing that I feel like was a little underexplored to me is I would have loved to do more stuff with the Fae. We got like we got the introduction of the Fey as a concept, and we really had very little Fey dealing. And I find the Fey really can be really fun in fiction, so that was a little a little mm-hmm. bit of a bummer to me. Yeah, they didn't really get a good sense of what they were about in this. Yeah, you more or less get a vague plan of oh, they kind of do a bunch of uh, you get some sort of like uh, pulling the strings behind the world sort of situations, and they're like oh yeah, we need this human child so we can. Since since we can only do dealings through agreements, we, if we have this uh, if we have this child at all, this human child who has been raised by a fae, we can get him to do whatever we want. But uh, overall, you just get Robin Goodfellow, who who admittedly is pretty fantastic. <laughs> he's a moron. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like the last tr- the last part of that, like he seems like I'm okay with it until the very end, where like you're like, okay, listen, we could kill you but we're going to let you go. And he's like, oh yeah, maybe I'll tell the bad guys. And you're like, okay, die, dipshit. <laughs> like, you're a moron. Yeah, we, we could just throw this baby right back on you and you'll burn to a crisp. <laughs> he really, like, is just like, you try to blackmail when you don't have any cards is just, like, such a dumb move. I don't know. <laughs> uh, that that really that was a good turn though because initially it does seem like everything is going to be lost and then baby just catches on fire. Mhm. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. I I did find the fire mage uh, history stuff pretty fascinating. Like uh one of the big deals behind that is that one of Eli's great relatives was a fire mage and went berserk. So Essentially, I, I think it was the Fae that empowered the Hunters, and mm-hmm. uh, then the Hunters decided, we're not just stopping at killing this one, we're going to kill all of them. So there's this nice tension of uh, Eli having to leave his family behind, because if there's too much of a connection there, then the Hunters might hunt down his family. Hmm. Yeah, very, very House of X, no more Fire Mages. 
So that's it. No more mutants. Never oh so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I mostly see that reinterpreted into various other lines. Right, that's, well, that's that's what I did. I reinterpreted it. That was the joke. <laughs> I I followed. <laughs> you were just not impressed. That's fair. I understand. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Well, should we should we take it to like questions, emails, that sort of thing? Yeah, if you have emails, you can send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. We didn't get any. Uh, I think Jen got yeah, one did. Twitter question. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> I don't I don't understand why you sent this unless there's a good reason that I didn't catch up on. So uh, I have it was e- 2 a.m. and I was very tired. <laughs> okay, I have an email from six uh, with many, many spoiler tags because I always appreciate that. Uh, the question is, how do you type with boxing gloves on? <laughs> What is what is the link between unavowed and strong bad? Because I don't follow. Uh, it was it was like two a.m. and Jen was asking me if I'd played any other uh, adventure games, and I was like, I played Strong Bad's attractive game for cool people. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. That makes sense. Listen, I have no further <laughs> yeah, questions. No, it all connects now. Uh, anyway, what's our, what's our Twitter question, Jen? Or questions? Okay, so for Twitter questions, we got um. Uh, we got a few from Marco M, uh, who goes by the handle 13 Hanged Man. Uh, one was, did you cover different kinds of groups in every mission? Uh, we did. Uh, two, did you think that adding different origins adds to the story? I'd say so, yeah. like uh, I, I feel like, at least on my end, getting to know Logan beforehand and him having to come to terms with the fact that Oh no, that was the real Jennifer that shot my brother. And that was that was a purposeful action on her part. And that's something he has to work through. That I feel like that added something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely think it was good. I think it's I think it's interesting. I wish they did more with it. It still did more with it than like Mass Effect did, but um you know, you could always do more. I know that's like just more right exponentially more work the more you have those things in there, but why, I, why can't I, I? Why can't I have the background that I'm a, a blood mage? I really like whenever a game has a parentheses trait and parentheses dialogue line. I'm just looking it's for so that good. all the time. <laughs> oh, it's amazing! <laughs> yeah. So the third question we got was: Do you think not knowing which character is better to bring, see Eli's nephew, or having the possibility to switch mid investigation is good design? Um, there's definitely situations where if you go into a mission like um if you go into the staten island one without bringing madonna she does make a few comments about how she wished she had could have gone so she could have uh seen the ocean again or or water again for a bit but uh overall it feels like um for the most part they do a good job of hinting and winking when you should bring someone to a situation how do you how do you finish the Staten Island one without Mandana because she totally just stabbed the general in the chest in mine? <laughs> uh, you, I, I killed him with Eli. Uh, I oh. went to the front of the ship and there was a spare gas tank and I dumped it on him and then hit it with a fireball. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that's how it went um, for me too. So I feel like um, I think that having the possibility of switchman investigation would be a bad idea. Honestly, I feel like at that point you become too involved with like 
second guessing your decisions and trying to like explore every possibility, kind of getting a completionist instinct. And I don't think that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do kind of wish there was, I actually think the telegraphing for like who to bring was not very good. There were plenty of times where I was like, Oh, I didn't realize that there'd be a good opportunity to bring Logan or like, again, this is, Maybe just me. Maybe if I'd actually brought her, I would have felt this way more often. But I basically never had a moment where I was like, gosh, I wish I'd brought Vicky because it never really seemed like there was something for her. I, As someone who brought Vicky a lot, I've also felt, gosh, I wish I had a good reason to bring Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm putting Eli on the bench for you. And it was not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And the final question uh, is, it, it's asked. They're asking us how do we compare it to other recent adventure games. Uh, well, more specifically, they're asking about Whispers of a Machine, which unfortunately I haven't played. Uh, I've never even heard of that one. Yeah, uh, apparently in that one, your moral choices define your powers and how you approach a problem. That sounds kind of cool. I'll probably take a look at that. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, I can't really compare it to other recent adventure games. I think the most recent... I think the most recent uh, adventure game I've played uh, that wasn't um, Telling Lies or something within that same vein was a Telltale game. And uh, yeah, those are so straightforward where occasionally what you decide will affect who is in a mission or whatever. But uh, yeah, I I definitely want to get back into playing more adventure games because this even revisiting something I played last year was a great time. Mm hmm. Yeah, I am obviously the least uh, adventure game experienced, so, I mean, my comparisons, like, yeah, I think I would be comparing to, yeah, like, Strong Pets Cool Game for Attractive People, or, like, uh, Grim Fandango, and I don't think those connections are, are very useful in this situation. Yeah, um, my brain's like, ah, oh, this is like Gabriel Knight, which is a game from the mid-early er, 90s, so not helpful. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a good game. Whispers of Machine, this looks neat. Um, I would recommend anyone who enjoyed this game to play the Blackwell series, which is fantastic. I love it a lot. Yeah, Blackwell's actually one of the few Watch It Eye games where I've played some of them, but I haven't played all of them. And I probably need to go back and refresh my memory on how some of the early ones start before I get to the end. But uh, yeah, I'd recommend pretty much anything. Well, uh, there are some... Um, watch I publish games like uh, Residents that I had a hard time with but uh, mm-hmm. overall most of the games under that label like uh, Techno Babylon is another one of my favorites and uh, yeah that- I liked Gemini Roo, um quite a bit I would say that yeah that's a great one too and of course the Shiva we've mentioned yeah the Shiva is fantastic. fantastic I uh that one's weird uh, for me since it is like you know that is the, the gold standard for me of adventure games. Got me in. I was like, oh, this right. This could. This is a genre that I never played because I didn't have a PC growing up, uh, and it's amazing. Yeah, and most of these games can run on pretty much anything too. So if you have a if you have a low spec laptop and you're looking for something to do, uh, the this engine has been running on computers for over a decade now so anything that you play from watch it i will more likely than not run on your computer oh also police quest quest uh swat is a fantastic uh <laughs> piece of garbage <sighs> uh that's the that's the bad one i assume there's one of those that people like isn't there 
I mean, eventually they become shooters. Yes. Um, SWAT is the one where it's an FMV adventure game. Oh, that one. Like, right, right, right. Where yes, it's that like, did you, do, did you use your mirror properly? If you don't, an old lady will shoot you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, <laughs> and Waypoint slash Vice Games has an amazing uh, investigative story about how most of the Police Quest franchise is uh, born... Well, some of the later ones in particular from the 90s were born from a former um were born from a former police commissioner and they get into really troublesome territory but uh yeah um sierra can be super hit or miss like uh they were the ones that made uh dying because you forgot to do something in hour one pretty infamous so i also highly recommend the full throttle remaster that's an incredible game yeah, that that one's really good too. It and it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's like a few no, it's, hours it's long. like five hours long. Probably have a walkthrough handy, but um, it's it's really well acted. That's one that's just uh, I think the story is definitely worth it. Yeah, speaking of old adventure games with Mark Hamill in them, he has an amazing villain voice in that one. But uh, I think that's all I've got. Do you want to talk about next time? Yeah. So. Uh, Next time we're going to be playing 80 Days, which is a, uh, it's a, I'd say it's kind of a mix between a text adventure slash visual novel slash adventure game. Um, you're, it's more or less a video game adaptation of Around the World in 80 Days. And uh, there's a whole lot of different ways you can go when you're doing that. And... Around the time of October 1st, I believe, there's going to be a Switch version as well. But uh, it's available on more or less every single computer you can imagine. Like, uh, there's a phone version, there's a PC version, there's a tablet version. There might be a console version, I'm not entirely sure, but there definitely will there be is, when it comes to the Switch. There is not right now, but... Yeah. So, no, no other console version right now, but yeah, Switch, Switch coming coming soon. Yeah, and again, it's a game that's almost entirely text with a globe in the background, so it, it I can imagine it'll run on most things. Yeah, it's also a game with no fail state, so you can just enjoy the video game. Yeah, and then lets you take, well, I shouldn't get into this too much, but it lets you take some cool risks. Yeah, uh, you know, I, there is sort of a fail, there's not a, like a true fail state, there is a state where you've, you've failed, but you get to keep playing. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to get around the world in 80 days. If you don't do that, it's okay. You can keep yeah. playing. You just you're just gonna go bankrupt. <laughs> Last time I played that game, I think it was 105 days it took me to get around the world. I got waylaid uh, in the desert. It was great. I think I think my record is like is like 50 days or something. I had one run that was just like, oh my god, jeez. Um, but yeah, I'm probably gonna try to play through that like maybe like two or three times. See if I can get some of the weird because I know there's like weirder ones that I've never seen before. There are some definitely some weird ones. Yeah, I think like I, I shouldn't I shouldn't even talk about the routes that I've taken, but I will I will complete it multiple times again, very happily. There are tons of routes. They added more with DLC. Well, not DLC, just like post game stuff. Um, and I'm I'm excited to go back to it. Yeah. So where can people find uh, each of us? 
I'll go first. Uh, you can find me at em underscore being on Twitter. Uh, this podcast and a lot of other podcasts can be found at abnormal mapping at abnormalmapping.com. And uh, the podcast I'd most like people to listen to is a new podcast I have called And Then an Aeroplane, which is me and my friend Autumn watching all of the Studio Ghibli movies. Uh, by the time this comes out, we will have just recorded our Castle in the Sky episode. Uh, look forward to that slash it might be out already. Who can say? Um, but you can find that at abnormalmapping.com slash aeroplane that's a-e-r-o plane yeah i've been listening to that show and uh it, it's great because i've barely watched any of those uh ghibli movies before and uh getting to see nausicaa for the first time was a real treat that's such a imaginative cool movie with with some elements that i even saw from hollow knight so that was extra cool yeah it's really good uh cows in the sky less good but way more breath of the wild <laughs> you'll be like oh they didn't do anything original <laughs> But what about what about like like contemplative piano? They invented that, right? No, unfortunately. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, as far as uh, me, you can find me on Twitter at six detmar s i x d e t t m a r. Um, I you know, okay. So pin tweet tells you the stuff that I do. Scanlandmedia.com. I'm pretty sure by the time this... I'll have to edit this out if it's not true. I'm pretty sure by the time this goes out, I'll put up the first episode of A Tale of Two Networks. Oh, that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the 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 big project that we've had in the works where uh, myself and Jen and M here and, of course, Jackson of Abnormal Mapping uh, come together... Uh, just as you know, the 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 keen and the Han and once came together to unite China, and then I guess we're gonna go our separate ways afterwards. Just like that, it's Romance of the Three Kingdoms, and we're gonna read it two to three chapters a week, forever yeah. for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's gonna take us a while. Yeah. But I'm I'm excited. I finished my reading for that episode just this afternoon, so. Yeah. I finished it uh, earlier this week, but I'm going to read it again because I just want to be on a be you know caught up to date. Yeah, yeah. I will probably need some help with uh, some of the terminology, but I think I'll be okay. Well, see, you must not pursue Lubu. <laughs> That's sound advice. And uh, as for me, you can pretty much find me in all the same places you can find six. Um, I. We just finished recording um, the opening episode for Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair. So that should be going up relatively soon. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, excited to play one of my favorite games ever again. So that's nice. All right. That's, that seems that seems like the works. Yeah. Uh, me and Six, extremely quiet about Danganronpa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, if you if you want to hear their thoughts on Danganronpa, just uh, check out our previous episode on Danganronpa V3. And uh, on that note, uh, that's going to do it for us. Until next time, when we reconvene for 80, for eighty days. Have a good one. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>